Hey everybody, welcome to another week of the Soccer Thread Podcast. I'm Dan Schrader, I'm in Portland, Oregon. Uh, guys, you will not believe it. That's a healthy, healthy pause for the reveal. Everybody is here. We got four people on this podcast. It is, it is a miracle, an absolute miracle. Uh, Colin Smith, it's latest for you. It's a Sunday night. It's a lit pod. Uh, you're in the swamp. Uh, how's it going out there? Weather update. Weather, weather update. Last week, we had two feet of snow. Today, two inches of ice. I'll prefer the two feet of snow. Two oh, yeah. inches of ice is just terrible. It's they terrible. Don't make, they don't make an ice blower. They don't make an ice blower. I'll tell you, I think I've talked about this tool before on the podcast, but it's my favorite one on the shed, so I'll talk about it again. But uh, my father worked in a factory called Morris Material Handling, or that's the name of the company, in Oak Creek, Wisconsin, uh, when I was in high school and the factory closed. And uh, there was a portion of time where uh, my dad was working uh, to help uh, you know, close down the factory, so to speak, like sell things that were in there. And we would go on the weekends and help out to do this. And that's how I learned to drive a forklift. And, uh, you know, we were selling the things you could sell, but then there were other stuff that was like, you're like throwing in the dumpster, right? And one thing that was marked for the dumpster that we took home was a scraper that was made to scrape uh, like molten steel off the concrete floor. And uh, that is a really good icebreaker. I'll tell you what. You, that will go through two inches of ice, no problem. It weighs about 50 pounds, uh, but everyone else on your block is like, what is that sound? Because you're like, <laughs> wakung, wakung into the ice. So, uh, yeah, I, I obviously broke up my own ice with that. I don't need salt. I don't, I don't really fuck and, with that. And maybe your sidewalk? Like, at some point, Yes, I have broken a sidewalk. I broke, the, yeah. I broke the sidewalk outside my mother's house the first time I ever used it. Uh, <laughs> since then, I have been... I have, I have a clean record against sidewalks. Um, oh, my mom probably still doesn't know that, by the way. I hope she's not listening to this podcast. Mm, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I also, of course, did John's sidewalk because that's how, that's how you get to do it. You know, he's, he's snowblowers for me. Uh, I take the, care of him. You got the ice chipper. Exactly. Solid. I got the ice chipper, so there you go. He's also, got the overkill snowblower. Ex- I have the overkill ice blower. Yeah, that's breaker. exactly the type of, of tool you want your older neighbor to be like, oh, what's Colin got? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Where did he get you that? You want him. He's talking to his wife, Jan, or whatever her name was about that. Dottie. Like, that's Dottie. 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 Do you see what? Hey, Dottie. Just Dot. Do you see what Dottie. Colin had? Dot. Dottie. Dottie. Hey, he's got that big fucking ice chipper. <laughs> <laughs> Just unbelievable. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I've thought about all of my friends that are out there in cold weather as I've been uh, out and about in like, you know, between 45 and 60 degrees this tough. week, really, really enjoying tough. it. It's just been a gorgeous weekend. Great, great weekend. Honestly, yeah. too yeah. hot for me. <laughs> <laughs> too hot to handle for Mike Samuelson in Minneapolis. Yep, yep. Um, man, before, before we get into the pod, which is my escape, just... A fucking shitty week up here in Minneapolis. Um, just, yeah. I mean, in, I mean in, in all seriousness, like, police just stop yep. killing people. Um, they you, are. You I can told honestly, you, bottom like, of the emergency vehicles. They should never get to pass anybody. Best case, they won't kill somebody. That's the best, best case. Best case scenario, which is not usually the case here in Minneapolis. It just feels like every six months you can kind of set your watch to it. Um, so anyway, but fortunately we have the pod. Uh, weather update, I don't go outside because I have a torn Achilles and there's ice and I got crutches. Uh, but I think it's cold out there. I think there's with snow out there. With one notable exception, but I don't know. Yeah. which we'll get to. With one notable exception, right, right. Um, I also have a, have a uh, an icebreaker for us um, when, whenever we're ready for it. Should I go get my icebreaker for this icebreaker? It's just outside I, the shed, honestly. I don't think I had that to will scrape help off you. to get, be able to get into the shed just now. <laughs> you, you can you can get it if you want. I don't think it will help you here. All right, this is too meta. Icebreakers <laughs> and icebreakers within icebreakers. I'm not ready for this. It's very meta. 
Well, well, Palmer, introduce yourself so I can do the real icebreaker. (laughs) Oh, I didn't know we had a real one. That's exciting. Palmer, hurry up and introduce yourself. I I'm just happy we're all all four of us are here. You you know who I am. You know where I'm coming from. Let's 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 break some ice. All right, let's break this ice. Uh, in honor of the discussion from last week about favorite stadiums and mm-hmm. two emails this week, uh, which we will get to shortly, the category that I want you all to go through is uh, we'll we'll do cities. We we could do cities or stadiums, uh, but like once you name one. You can't you, once you name the stadium. You can't name the city uh, that have hosted a men's World Cup final. Oh, uh, wow. so we will okay. do. That's interesting. We okay. will we will do uh, the order of my screen uh, from bottom to top. Ryan, Daniel, Colin. Wait. So you said cities. So you can name either the city. You can't or the, the stadium. Yeah, or that, the stadium. they hosted a World Cup final. Okay. So like. If Spurs Stadium hosted a World Cup final, you could say, you know, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, or you could say London. But once you say London, you can't, someone else can't also say Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Okay. I'm giving you sure. two outs, two outs here. All right. So, Palmer, take, you're, uh, you're up. A World Cup final, uh, Wembley. Sure. 1966. Okay. Who's next? Me? Daniel. Azteca. Thank God I got one in. <laughs> Great job, Daniel. Uh, Azteca yeah. hosted twice, 1970, 1986. Uh, the Maracanã. I don't know. That's my, my pronunciation on that is always so poor. My Portuguese is my worst. Really, yeah. my worst. Your Portuguese is so hard. Notably, notably poor pronunciation. Yeah. Uh, but tw- also hosted twice, 1950 and 2014. I think you just got to go real hard nasal. That's the key. <laughs> Americana. <laughs> yeah, that, that's it. Uh, Ryan. Uh, I'm only kind of joking, for the record. <laughs> um, Berlin. Sure. 26, or, uh, 2016. 2006. Daniel. Okay. Uh, see, this is where, even if you know who hosted World Cups to actually know where the final took place is a little tricky. So I'm going to go with Rome. Yeah, twice. 1934, who can forget that one? And Mm. also 1990. Yep. Yep. Colin? Los Angeles? Ooh, good one. Uh, Pasadena? Do I need need to say Pasadena? No, no, Los Angeles is good. 1994, the Rose Bowl. the stadium name. Uh, can I get Paris? You can get Paris. You can get no. Paris twice. N- 1938. That stadium is not in 1998. Oh, I mean, I, I'm sorry, Colin. I'm sorry. We're giving, we're giving Palmer Paris, Saint-Denis. even though Saint Denis, and then also someplace called Coulomb, Coulomb. It might just be Coulomb. I don't speak French. I, my French is like Colin's Portuguese. It might be Coulomb. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Saint Denis was my was my in the pocket forever one. But no, nice. Get some ice in that pocket. Joburg, I think, must have hosted that final. Yep, twenty ten. Nice, nice. Still a lot of good ones out there. Colin, Montevideo. Oh God damn it! Yeah. uh, Wait. Let me just confirm that. You know, you'd think it's in there. And then you're looking through your list and you don't see it. Yeah, 1930. Brian. Uh, Moscow. Nailed it. 2018. Let's go. Let's go. What a pull. What a pull. Uh, Oh, man. Oh, man. Japan, South Korea, who got the final? I feel like it was South Korea, and so therefore I'm going to guess Seoul. Wrong. Very oh, wrong. Oh, no. Colin. I'm not, I'm not going to touch that one. Uh, Buenos <laughs> Aires. Yeah, 1978. Good one. Brian, back to you. I mean, if it wasn't in Seoul, it had to be Tokyo, but I'm not going to guess Tokyo. I'm going to say Barcelona. 
Ooh, that is incorrect. Colin, do you have any more in you? Any more in the pocket? Stockholm? Stockholm. Oh, that's a nice one. 1958. Technically, Colin, by your rules, it was Solna, but uh, <laughs> Stockholm is in parentheses on Wikipedia. Ah, yeah. Gotcha. Uh, any, any more it you want to throw Madrid. out? You want to just floss on? Madrid must have been. Madrid, yeah. M- Madrid. Yeah. Uh, was it Tokyo or was it a different? Was it South Korea? Did I get that part right at least? Nope. It was Japan. It was Yokohama. Yokohama oh, International see, Stadium. See, that's why I didn't want to touch it, because I knew there's like, well, yeah. a lot of big ones. Uh, yeah. Bern, 1954. Who could forget? Bern, Switzerland. Uh, yeah, Madrid, mm-hmm. I think you said that, Dan, in 82. And uh, Munich, 1974. <sighs> and Santiago, Chile, in 1962. Other than that, I think you guys got them all. That was, uh, that was pretty, pretty good. Pretty impressive. Pretty good. Pretty good. Very fun. That was Thanks, a great Mike. one. Yeah, a geography... Mike. Yeah, love icebreaker. A, love a bit of geography. And, I mean, pff, come on. You know I love a bit of stadiums. Let's go. <laughs> it's true. It's uh, very true. Should I just jump into emails? Just, let's, hey, let's you know what? It. If you want to host, it's, just do it. Yeah. It's, my, it's my world. I'm, it's been so just long that all four of us has been on the pod. We have no idea what to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, th- that was inspired by um, twin emails from the Oscar brothers, Raymond and Vincent. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, from the Oscar twins. <laughs> Twin emails, and they they both sent in two emails, and they were both of their two emails complemented the other email that the other person sent. Uh, and if they haven't been talking to each other, this is really quite uh, impressive, impressive twinning. Um, so their first set of emails is about stadiums. They basically both say the same thing, which is that if you are older than us, uh, the Azteca is in your list of top stadiums. Um, it hosted two World Cup finals. Uh, one of them, 1960, 1960, 1970, <laughs> was, uh, was the first World Cup in color, supposedly. Um, and that's just a really big deal. And, you know, I think only Azteca and the, how do you say it, Colin? What's the one in uh, Rio called? Maracana? <laughs> yep, that one. That's uh, it. They're the only two stadiums that have ever hosted multiple World Cup, men's World Cup finals. Uh, so that's a big deal. Um, and so, yeah, I think there's there's something to be said for that. Uh, even if, you know, maybe those, uh, you know, Azteca maybe is not as much in the forefront since it has been almost 50 years. No, 40 years? Almost 40 years since it's hosted a World Cup final. But I don't know. Is, the Azteca, is the Azteca the stadium that has that, um, or had at least, the shadow in the middle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like the bursting oh, sun actually, or the star or whatever. Actually, it was. I think that might have been the old Chivas Stadium, but I could. Oh, but it is Mexico. Yeah, yeah. from that World Cup. It was from yeah. that World Cup. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, I do have to say, I did listen to the pod last week, or was it two weeks ago, where uh, you discussed the uh, whether or not Azteca is iconic, and I feel like. One, I think it, it definitely is, if, if you're thinking about where we come from in the world, like maybe in Europe, they're not thinking about the Azteca, but at least for us, for U.S. men's national team fans, for, sure. for you know, North Central America, like that, that stadium is definitely like a must travel to see a game, uh, like a USA-Mexico game. So I don't know. I'm, it's, put some it's respect number- on the name. It's number one through five on the best stadiums in CONCACAF list. Yeah. Wow, Columbus <laughs> taking offense to that. <laughs> they knocked it. They, they don't even play in the one that, that has any history. Yeah. You know? I mean, I, I think Azteca suffers in a, to a certain extent in this category because Mexican club soccer is, doesn't have, I would say, the history of, like, like Colin, you mentioned, um, the Boca Stadium, the Bombonera, like where... Um, you know, Maradona played and where Boca's played forever. And while like Club America and Cruz Azul and I don't know, there's probably a handful of other teams that have or currently play in Azteca. Um, but like those clubs don't have the international pedigree of, of, you know, some, some of the other like big clubs of South America or Latin America. And I think that kind of sets back Azteca. It's like strictly known it, for the World Cup, I think, for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, just it, it you have to like put it in a different 
weight class or whatever and just have it compete against the one in Brazil, which I can't uh, pronounce, and Wembley and, I don't know, there's got to be a couple other that would, would fall into that category where, like, club football is there kind of also ran uh, if it does happen there. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And I think also, just like, national, yeah. as, as the, the gravity of the game has shifted more towards Europe, that's also yeah. been against a state. Like, Azteca maybe 20 years ago would be more people's top five or whatever, and now yeah. Yeah. you're more likely to choose a random club stadium that's hosted a bunch of Champions League finals or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Any other? We kind of covered this a lot last week. Any, any other thoughts on top five stadiums? Any other new new inspirations? Colin, you want to throw in the Mecca? Oh, I love the Mecca. God. Do I have a Mecca poster in here? No, it's in my office. Um, I love the Mecca so much. I was so happy to see that on there. I can go. I can wax poetic about the Robert Indiana floor for days. Uh, but actually, the thing in here that I wanted to uh, the Milwaukee shout out that I don't like. Is it in this? Uh, just, oh, just no, keep going. A, there, there, there's no format to this pot anyway. We've already yeah. that. Just keep <laughs> it rolling. In, it's in Vincent's next email, but whatever. Uh, he calls me out for getting that E-line soccer field. I said there was on Brown Deer Road, and it's actually on Good Hope, which I'd like to say, like, that's on me. I went one exit too far yeah. on up 43, and, like, that's on me. I missed my turn, and I'll come back south on 43, and I'll get off on Good Hope, and that's my bad. But <laughs> if you go past it... Four blocks, you get to Yen Ching Restaurant. And I want to tell you, Vincent, next time you go play at E-Line, go to Yen Ching afterwards, get the sizzling rice soup. You got to order it for two. But if you actually have two people, you're going to want to order it for four. It doesn't come in huge portions, but it's fantastic soup. It's the best soup you'll ever have. So just that's a really good combo. A little bit of E-Line Soccer Park and then Yen Ching sizzling rice soup. Get the sizzling rice soup. Everything else there, average. Colin's Wisconsin accent does not usually come out, but it kind of came out there. It, it was just really a good. little, just a little like you were talking to, talking to Raymond and Vincent on a local TV commercial. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you betcha. Oh, uh, you betcha you. Um, so speaking of, speaking of their next, uh, the, the next twins email from Raymond and separately from Vincent, they both mentioned uh, the Highbury, Milwaukee Highbury pub in Milwaukee. Uh, apparently the only reason you go there is to drink and watch soccer. Um, sounds like a lovely place. Um, has anyone, any of you Wisconsinites ever been to this place? Yeah. My grandpa lives like two blocks away from it. It's a good spot. I mean, it's a soccer bar. It's the best in Milwaukee for sure. It's been there for a while. Kind of like I would say before the, I don't know how, Kevin will tell you how long it's been there, but I would say it's a, it's a little bit, older in some way than a lot of the places now that are trying to attract people to, uh, for soccer or like it's always been for soccer kind of feel, not just like, Oh, we can now capitalize because NBC has soccer in the mornings. Um, so yeah, it's definitely the place to go in Milwaukee. They do a great job for like world cups and stuff like that. Yep. Uh, I do feel like you guys missed an opportunity, um, in the soccer bar discussion. Uh, I agreed with, the large screen for viewing and a large room to view big games. Um, but you did not discuss the seating in those, in those big, in those big rooms, Let's obviously big, long table, uh, picnic tables in which you can stand on and dance on <laughs> at the end of the night. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I mean, I mean, that's that. all I well think and we good, but no I don't want seating and there was beer garden. So I think we kind of, yeah, captured yeah, that, yeah, actually. yeah, but we, we need, we need the picnic tables that are yep. sturdy. sturdy. Yeah, they got to be real sturdy. We need some chairs with backs, though, for your boy. That's fair. <laughs> I can't, I can't, my posture's not good enough. My core isn't strong enough. I can't be sitting up straight the whole time. Oh, that's amazing. Um, other things on the beer, on the, on the bar conversation, uh, Raymond, as he is uh, often does, just comes up with some lovely food pairings. Um, I feel like this is this is almost a rehash of an email that he sent us a few years ago, uh, but no <laughs> less fine. gorgeous. Just talking about, you know. I mean, what do we take, do here if not rehash yeah. the same yeah. I mean, Colin just told the story that he's told at least five times on this podcast about the... <laughs> I thought it was going to tell the Boom Boom Bat story, to be honest. But, um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, you should obviously, naturally, it makes sense, pair your soccer with your food uh, or your beer, depending on, you know, 
how big your kitchen is. So Raymond wants pretzels and brats with his his German soccer. He wants tapas and a Spanish guitar when Real Madrid and Barcelona are playing. I think we can all get behind that. We're uh, we're missing summer out here in Portland, so we've been on a little bit of a bratwurst kick recently. And every time I get that ketchup out, I think of you guys and think, fuck y'all. <laughs> <laughs> ketchup is a disgusting condiment. I can't believe wow. you put that on a bratwurst. <laughs> that is, You're that sick, is man. just hateful. Hate, 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 hate. Um, Dan, I feel like you, you had something you wanted to pull out of uh, Vincent's email here. Uh, well, it gets into the U.S. men's national team this window, so I was just going to maybe drag it down into that if we want to get there. Sure. Let's, Soccer let's thread segue. at gmail.com. If you have a twin, make sure they're writing in a similar email to you. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a twin, go find one. Go find a buddy <laughs> and have them write in a similar email. I, I would just Do like it. to say, I loved also, we didn't, the one thing I want to touch in Vincent's email, second email he talks about how you can kick a soccer ball off the wall and look up and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and that's like part of the experience, which I love that idea. I love all situations um, where you play indoor soccer and there's a bar at the place. Uh, curling is also like the sport for that, where there's yeah. like curling. Yeah. In the, um, and also like Milwaukee County Stadium when we were children, uh, there would only be like 10,000 people there. So you're, when you were a kid, you just played catch in the concourse and that was fine because <laughs> nobody was there <laughs> literally did that with Keevan multiple times so uh i love that idea that you can like get a little bored of the thing you're watching and go do it uh that's pretty sweet there's that that reminds me that there is a brewery in minneapolis that has like a little uh like kind of three on three soccer oh, on cage. The no not on the roof uh oh. just like in the parking lot um, oh, they, but it's just got like you, you can't play soccer on that pitch. They would kick you off so fast. The one you're thinking of, Colin. Yeah, I don't know what Colin's talking about. But anyway, there's just a little Brits. three-on-three soccer cage uh, next to the brewery, uh, which is just lovely. That that's if nice. I can ever run like again, I'd like to get in that because that's about the amount I want to run. Man, I'll tell you what. This is how you, this is how you lose Achilles and and tear tendons. <laughs> do that. Drink a little and then. Re- you get a little just kick the liquid ball courage, the and you're like, that's, yeah, that's I can go three on three. I can go three on three right now. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to happen. Over 35. Soccerthread at gmail.com. Mike, we're actually going to make you keep going. You went to the USA versus a Honduras game in St. Paul, Minnesota on Wednesday night. It was a really a straightforward 3-0 win. Uh, straightforward in all ways but the weather. Oh my uh, god! Tell just tell us coldest, tell us tell us about it. The this coldest podcast game loves a good US, weather description. The coldest game in U.S. men's history. Amazing. <laughs> you were there, Mike. It was. I, I helped make history. Um, so so yeah, it was it was chilly. Uh, your boy, uh, as you may have heard, torn Achilles. So I've got a a boot on, not like a winter boot, a non-winter boot. I was very scared. Uh, that my foot was going to be frozen the whole time. Uh, God bless wool socks. God bless plastic bags. God bless foot warmers. And um, Vaseline? From styrofoam? A little bit of styrofoam. Yep, you wrap the foot in a little bit of styrofoam. And, um, you know, by the end, the toes were cold, but but we survived. We, we survived. We layered up. Uh, I think I had seven layers on the top um, <laughs> and was feeling feeling good, feeling good. Um but the game itself, I mean, so, so a few things. Um, very, very worried going into this game that the stadium was going to be half empty. Uh, there were, like, loads of tickets on resale within, like, hours of the game. Um, a friend of mine, he just showed up that night and was like, yeah, I'm just going to, when I get to the stadium, I'm just going to go on and buy a ticket. And he did. And he got in. Uh, but a lot of people must have done that because the stadium was actually pretty full. It definitely wasn't like 100%, uh, and it was a very late-arriving crowd. Uh, the security at Allianz is always terrible, always terrible, and it's particularly bad when everyone's got 12 layers on and you have <laughs> to put your hand warmers through the metal detector. Um, so it was a very late-arriving crowd, but once everyone got there, it was pretty full. Um, and the atmosphere I would say was, was not half bad. Um, so that's kind of setting the scene here. Um, I can just keep on rolling, just give my thoughts on this game. There, do you, so the people who went obviously had some kind of, uh, 
you know, well, first of all, they're Minnesotans probably. Well, some people travel, but most of them are from Minnesota. So they're pretty hardy in the weather anyway. But do you think, you know, this podcast certainly has the opinion that that game never should have been in Minnesota. No. Do you think the crowd there was thinking, this is stupid? Why, why is this game here? Or were they thinking, this is amazing. This game is here in this cold weather. This is great. I'm so glad we, that we, this is, we're playing soccer on a five-degree day. I'm, I'm <laughs> sure there are some people who felt that way, but I think the majority of people were like, this is really dumb. We're going to go. <laughs> It's going to be a fun thing to remember, but man, this is a stupid idea. Yeah. And I feel like that was basically what all the players said after the game. Like, wow, never doing that again. Like, kind of a fun thing. Never again. Well, do you think that this will actually happen again? Like, so this was the coldest men's national team game in the history, right? Uh, will they break this record? Are they going to be like, we beat Honduras 3-0 <laughs> and looked pretty good against a team that next had time. literally next nothing to play for? Yeah. And like didn't, the day before... Didn't even look good, like, in my opinion. I don't know if they look better on TV. In the stands, they didn't look great. No, they looked cold. Everybody looked cold. Yeah. And, <laughs> like, and they were, right? Um, but Honduras had nothing to play for. And like even before the game, they were like, what are we doing here? Yeah. We're not going to qualify for the World Cup. We're going to go freeze our asses off. And we have nothing to play for. This is they stupid. Two guys that got subbed at halftime because they were like hypothermia. I mean, they said they hypothermia. Said, yeah. I don't know if like that's the medical, you know, meets the medical criteria or whatever. But like, yeah, I, they, I was really cold. And so yeah. I was like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I'm sure. Sh- I imagine for most people, not just if you live in Honduras, but if you live in most parts of America, that's going to be the coldest you have ever been in your life. You know, it was zero degrees out there. Like I grew up in Maryland. It doesn't get zero degrees in Maryland ever. So (laughs) it's like a little bit of a shock to the system. Yeah, definitely a shock to the system. But I mean, it, it doesn't seem reasonable to try to do that again because there were like there were actual implications to the game outside of just like, oh, they're tough conditions. Like right. there were people that couldn't play. Yeah. Like that is, that's a little more than just like uh, making it difficult for the opponent. I mean, I, I would think that, you know, FIFA would come in with some kind of rule in the future and try and enact, enact that. Like I remember maybe 10 or 15 years ago, they tried to pass a rule that said you couldn't play qualifiers above a certain elevation. Because like Bolivia, I think B- Bolivia yeah. uh, like their capital is 12,000 feet or something, uh, which is crazy for most people. But like that's not really something you can change. You can't just be like, all right, well, sorry, your most populous city. You just can't have games there. And so it ended up not working. But you can pretty easily say, all right, we're not going to schedule a game in the coldest part of our country in the coldest part of the year. And so, I mean, I there's mean, no like- reason why this this kind of game should ever happen again. Yes. Yeah. I, I also think a big part of it, quite honestly, is that uh, because of COVID, we have this con- condensed qualifying, right, where we have three games in a block and blah, blah, blah. There's no um, there haven't been international um, whatever breaks where we've been pre- playing friendlies. Usually it's like a bunch of friendlies now and then we're going to get back to qualifiers when the weather gets better, actually. And yeah. like this is like a January camp or whatever. Yeah. You know, shit like that. So. Um, yeah, I think that's a huge part of it. But yeah, I don't think we'll we'll see that record broken. And I mean, maybe this is exactly what you're saying, but at least related to that, if they tried to postpone it, there's nowhere to, there's no time in the schedule to right. go and replay it. Yeah, right? they kind so of shot themselves you, in the foot. Right, 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 right. Um, so Mike, you didn't think they played particularly well. I don't. I thought it looked fine on TV. I didn't think it looked like the cold had a huge impact on the game in terms of like the field seemed like it was in pretty good shape. I guess it's a heated field. Yeah. So they were able to keep it warm. Um, the touch like players d- didn't look like, uh, you know, a bunch of lead feet and the ball was lead and whatever else. Yeah. It, like it looked okay in terms of quality. I mean, that's I mean, the thing um, is like, it looked okay. But for me, I just thought, well, I'm bundled as fuck and my toes are cold. And these guys are wearing modern shoes that are designed to be incredibly thin. They yeah. probably have a foot warmer in there, too. But, like, their feet have to be cold. They have to be having missed touches because their feet are so cold. And so I just 
I also kind of just gave this game a pass of like, well, whatever. They won. They won fairly easily. But nothing in this game was different from other games that the conditions weren't so bad, where they've looked equally as shitty. And so for me, it's just like, well, you know, it's, it's just like a pattern of play that it doesn't matter if it's zero degrees or 60 degrees. It seems like this team kind of does the same thing, which is not create a lot of chances. Yeah, I agree with that. It, I think that that translated on the, on the screen as well. Like it just, I didn't get to watch too much of this, um, but it just didn't, it honestly, like I go back to this, they, they just looked cold and Honduras did not look super interested in, in playing. And so we were able to keep the ball. I think Weston McKinney and uh, who was it? Was it Leo or Musa had a pretty good, um, combination Luca here. De la Tor- oh, way ahead. yeah, way, yeah, they had a nice the, combo. Yeah, second half, yeah, yeah, in the second half, and but I mean, even then, like it was just kind of like brief spurts of, uh, you know what what could possibly be, and then it would it just seemed kind of sloppy, and you know both I mean, two goals came on set pieces that were like three three goals. Was it three? Uh, all three goals came on set pieces. It, it's just. Just not great. I mean, it just it was, <laughs> it was cold. It looked cold. Yeah, and that I feel like that translated. Yeah, I mean, I think the the big difference was Acosta was in there taking set pieces mm-hmm. instead of Aronson or Pulisic, who I think have been really terrible on set pieces, like yeah. basically yeah, the yeah. whole qualifier. Like, you know, seventy five percent of our set pieces typically just get headed away by the first guy, and Acosta, for his limitations, like he does usually put in a pretty good set uh, set piece ball and. That resulted in three goals, so I don't know. So let, let's talk about lineup as a way of just talking about players and performances and stock up, stock down type stuff. Um, you got to start with Pulisic on the bench. Uh, Colin, I think you could make the case if you were Burhalter that this is a bit of rotation, uh, but we've said on this pod for months that he might be good in a sub position. Maybe he needs that as motivation anyway. Um, how do you think this worked out? Do you think it psychologically, like, does it help Pulisic? Does it give him a, just, what's the deal on this? I mean, I think, A, it's good. I think it's it's a good, at the risk of being uh, battered by the rest of the people on this podcast, it's a good move by Greg to sit him on that game. Uh, he's been good in a sub role. Uh, he looked pissed off that he was a sub, which is good. Like, um, it's good to let him know that, you know, you if you... Like just like John Brooks, you're not um, no places are given, and you didn't have a great two games, and so you you get rotated out. That's there's no shame in that, um, but that's the reality of the situation. I think he responded well. He obviously took his his chance well. Um, yeah, I, I think there's no big deal there. I don't think he's necessarily like oh, he should be a sub forever because he scored a goal in in a couple games as a sub. Um, I think I mean. Whether he is for the next qualifiers or not, like depends on um, you know who's healthy and all that shit, which will is different every window, so you can't predict it now. But in a best eleven scenario, I think he's still probably in the starting lineup. But he's definitely closer to not being in the in the starting lineup than he was twelve months ago. Twelve months ago, we we would have said, "Oh, he's healthy. He's number in. one, number one." Yeah. yeah. And now I, it's it's not there for me. He's still a starter, but you know, I would. Welcome arguments to the contrary. Can you think of a game? When's the last game that Christian Pulisic has started? Where and I'm talking club as well, where he's been great and has played eighty to ninety minutes and has been a dominant player. Every time he comes off the bench, it seems like he's able to make an immediate impact. Um, and I'm yeah, he, I, he's a good sub. I yeah. like, but what's wrong with that? I mean, I, nothing's I wrong don't. with that. He was. I mean, you just have to have a guy who you want to play sixty minutes then, and be like, like he gives us more for sixty minutes. Uh, you know, like it's not just like okay, we're just going to start Paul Ariola and play him for sixty minutes so we can have thirty minutes of Christian Pulisic as a sub because Christian Pulisic as a sub is a good player. Like, I mean, that that doesn't make sense to me. So if yeah. that's the option, you start Christian. But if you're like, oh, well, we have too many wingers and. Way is in form and Reyna's in form and 
you know, this is how we're going to play these those three guys for two spots, then okay, yeah, maybe, maybe it makes sense, right? Yeah. I mean, Reyna played in his first club game in like five months today or yesterday, so we'll see how he does. Today. But, I mean, Aronson and Pulisic. He looked, I actually turned that on. He looked pretty good. He was gliding past Let's people. Go. He was like Let's go. deceivingly quick. He looked like he had the tempo. Uh, that it was very, very encouraging. So, uh, winner for this window, Reyna. Claudio, uh, not Claudio, Claudio Reyna. Also, uh, Claudio Reyna. The whole, <laughs> the whole Reyna family. But, like, to your point, Colin, like, Aronson and Pulisic played, started against Canada, and they both, to me, looked equally sort of not dangerous. So, it's not like I would say, oh, let's just start Aronson because he's really dangerous all the time. It's like, no. And to me, this also gets to an issue of, how much of it is these players and how much of it is we're not putting them in good positions to succeed. And when up, oh, up, oh, not yet. Let's look, that is a, a different question. Let's save that. Dan, this pod Let's is a rough pod. You know that. Come on. <laughs> I mean, look, uh, my wife may have given me a hard cutoff, so we're going to keep it moving. <laughs> uh, Palmer, uh, Kellen Acosta gets the start. Uh, Cause Tyler Adams picked up a little hammy injury, I think in Canada. Uh, like we said, look good serving set pieces. Do you have confidence in him? Do you think his stock rose with this? Um, is there any world in which you've got a second guess just giving Adams that spot every time? Like, is Acosta worth enough on his set pieces to to think about? I, no. I mean, Ad, it's Adams every time, right? I think that you can figure out a better... You can figure out someone else that's better at set pieces than Pulisic and Aronson uh, and maybe get a better service than the two. Um, but in this case, you know, the set pieces were the difference makers. There were, they were good balls in. Um, but he's not somebody that is starting just because... It's not, this is not the men's national team of... Um, What's his name? My left foot. And that's the only reason why we're bringing him. Why can't I think of his name? <laughs> Brad, Brad something. Yeah. yeah. Like, the, the, this team is better than that. We're not there anymore, right? Um, but So we okay. can't be starting somebody that just because they, they serve a good dead ball. Yeah. Like, but, okay, here's, here's how he starts in a World Cup. He's not David Beckham either. So, I mean, yeah, come on. True. <laughs> is, so he, I think he can have a role against teams that are clearly better than us. And that are going to have possession next to Tyler Adams. So in a, in a world where we are not going to have the ball and we're going to counterattack and we're going to just be like, well, I hope we score on set pieces. Uh, a midfield three of Adams, Acosta and McKenney or Musa. Uh, it has it could be viable, especially in a, um, you know, tournament situation where you're like, oh, that's great, because then we get to rest whoever else where you get to rest Musa or whatever it is. Um, I think that we've, I can't remember if we ended up starting Kyle, Kyle Beckerman, but that's like kind of how Kyle Beckerman also saw the field. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's, you know, Acosta, I think at this right now is better than Kyle Beckerman was then gives you more, right. More versatile player than just following people. Uh, so, I don't Ac- hate it. Acosta right? does love a love a cheeky Concacaf foul, though. Yeah, <laughs> and it, which is also, also great. The, uh, actually, though the handbags kind of like whatever you call it. all handbags yeah. team for sure. Yeah, yeah. He's but, good. That, but that's um, but that's to your point, right? Because that's exactly what we needed. Three points from this game. He will provide that type of job in Concacaf qualifying, but. Is that something that we're going to need in the World Cup? I don't, I mean, I don't see it. But then you also brought up Beckerman, and he played really well against, I can't remember what team, and we ended up getting a draw or a win or something. I don't know. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I mean he, he's there. He'll do a job. I mean, I guess. it's weird to say, but it, like, if Acosta starts in Azteca, like, I'm okay. That, that could work for me in the yeah. right, right scenario. Yeah. Well, I think Adams is also one yellow away from a suspension. So if we really need to beat Panama, you might sit him to save him for the home game. Mm. Uh, Galaxy brings stuff from Daniel. Yeah, there you go. Um, I think overall for me, Acosta is a a, a bit of a winner from this game. Uh, I agree that I wouldn't say that he has a shout for the starting spot. 
um, but stock is up, I, and that's I th- it's only good to have more midfielders that are you feel pretty comfortable with. I think Greg may end up trying to slide him in in some way as a left back. Like he only brought one left yeah, back. The other way. He mentioned Acosta as a potential other left back. I I wonder if Adams hadn't been injured here, if Acosta starts as our left back instead of Robinson. Yeah, Anthony played all three. That's true. Um, Mike, Luca Del Torre, I thought looked really nice. Did he look even nicer in real life? Sometimes, the reason I ask, sometimes I think players like that don't, uh, you can't really appreciate their game on television as much as you can if you see him live. Yeah. He, How did he look? He, for me, so the, the two people who stood out for me in this game were him and Weston. Weston, I think, has been pretty consistently like our best player recently. And then yep. Del Torre on a team where so many of our touches are backward. We One thing that was like the big takeaway for me in this game is we are so good at taking a numerical advantage and then killing it either by <laughs> slowing down or just moving the ball away from our numerical <laughs> advantage. And Delatore was like the only guy who was consistently like pushing the ball forward, finding those little, you know, three V twos. And so I, I want to see a lot more of him. Um, I, you know, I, I think obviously this is a game with a lot of asterisks. Honduras isn't very good, but I was very impressed with him, and I think he could play a similar role to Musa, um, and you know, maybe even be sort of interchangeable. I think like he got on the ball a lot, uh, which is something I think Musa's kind of struggled with recently. I think the other big uh, kind of positional question mark then is the strikers. We got three different starting strikers in three games this window: uh, Jesus Ferreira in the first one. Zardes in Canada and Pepe started this one. Uh, Palmer, did anything from any of these three stick out to you? No. I don't think any of them had a goal. Nope. Um, where are we with the striker situation, and why is Josh Sargent the answer? <laughs> that's that's what I was going to say. There, we have a goal-scoring striker in Norwich right now that will solve <laughs> all of our problems. Second He's got that new- leading scorer for Norwich. He's got that dad strength, so sign him up. It's, he's a new man. He's a new man. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, we're back to square one with our strikers, right? We're, we, we don't score goals. This is what I think Mike's major concern was uh, early in the qualifying windows here was that we, when, uh, when we need to break a team down and create, um, we can't do that, uh, and we're not, we don't score. Um, so yeah, we thought Pepe was it and he was it for a hot second and maybe, I don't, d- but I'm, I'm not, not sure saying it's, I'm not saying we ever said we thought he was the answer. He was hot and we wanted him to play until he was no longer hot. Yeah, I think just, yeah. he was like, He's Bobby no Wood. Hot. yeah, <laughs> it's, hey, play your hot hand. And exactly. if you don't have a hot hand, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> and, I mean, the, the thing is also, it's the, the striker by committee. I don't know if this was always the plan to start three guys in three games, but it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I, I can see maybe you don't want to start one guy all three games just to keep him fresh, but, like, it again, it just kind of feels like, is there a plan here? Is there a reason why we'd start Pepe against this team and not that team and Zardes against this team and not that team? I I certainly can't see one. Uh, it doesn't seem like we played particularly differently with one guy in over the other, so I don't know. It's very discouraging, I think. I mean, I think Greg is just looking for somebody that can score. And when it wasn't Ferreira, he tried Zardes. And when yeah. it wasn't Zardes, he tried Pepe. Yeah. And now it's not Pepe. So, like, he just never found the the hot guy. And, well, you know, did. if it had been Ferreira, he might have started all three games. And he, it wasn't. So he just, you, he you just didn't make again. the right phone call. That's all. I, I would, I mean. <laughs> didn't buy the right plane ticket. P- Fog is scoring. <laughs> I agree with everything that's been said, right? Like, it sucks to have striker by committee, and none of these guys are the, are the true answer and savior. Uh, I'd pump the brakes a little bit on the pessimism. We have two more goals in the octagonal whatever than uh, Mexico. Like, it's, it's just, it is a, these qualifying games are always tough to score goals. The fact that we are having trouble scoring goals is not some kind of, new thing or a uniquely American problem. Okay. I don't like That's your all. attitude. Wait. <laughs> but, I, but, so, but I want an all-star striker, Colin. You're I forgetting mean, I this agree. point. I agree. With, I agree with that. But, like, 
I don't know. Pepe doesn't have that great of a goal scoring record in club football either. Like none of these guys could we legitimately think none of these guys are Christian Pulisic or whatever, have won a champions league at playing, you know, playing as number nine, whatever. None of these guys are on that level. So the fact that we are, you know, only scoring what we're scoring, uh, isn't some kind of shock. It isn't yeah. kind of like underperformance. Oh my God, it's Greg's fault. No, it's right. like, we don't have very good strikers. So we're the second highest scoring team in the qual- in the group. Okay. It's, but it, it is always Greg's fault, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just haven't I mean, figured out exactly bad. how he's ruined our strikers, yeah, even right. before he became the coach. But <laughs> the world is a mysterious place. I have, um, oh. I have another winner from, from this window. I hope it's um, what you're about to, what I was about no, to bring No, this up. is a loser. Uh, the, well, I think my winner might be, or your, your winner might be my loser. But my winner <laughs> is... Um, don't early fouls in games. Early fouls in games. Shouts Keeve, to Keith. Keevan's favorite, yeah. Loves an early foul. Uh, Canada fouled us early, as he brought up in the last pod, um, and won. We got an early foul against Honduras in the cold just to let him know we're here and it's going to be a long night, and we win 3-0. Early fouls in games. Big, How, how big early winner. is early? How, like within the first minute? It's never and too got, early. It's got to be hard. It's got to be a hard. <laughs> it's got to be a hard foul. Drop the gloves right at right as soon as the puck hits the ice in Minnesota. Can I can I give my loser that might be Dan's winner? Yeah. Yeah. Um, pictures with fans mid game. Almost. Almost. <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely a loser. Uh, and it turns out the guys that got that picture yeah. were. Thread, friend, brother, what? Brother-in-law, friend. Yeah. Yeah. There was some connection. There was, there. It, it's within seven degrees. We yes. know the guys that got that picture. Yes. Wow. Well, yeah. speaking speaking yeah. of uh, thread connections, uh, thread super listener Ryan Peters. Apparently, his friend was tweeted by the U.S. Soccer account not wearing a shirt. Uh, so the, basically we are all over, we are that's, all over this. Game. That's nothing like, for Ryan Peters. He's been, he, he personally has been retweeted by bigger accounts, uh, now wearing a shirt and I'm aware of it. I, I believe it. Uh, my, I'm not sure if it's a winner or a loser, but I want your take the U S the official U S soccer account hyping Greg's shoes every game. <laughs> I feel like Greg it's has just, become a parody of himself. Not yeah. just with really this, have. but like with just everything the, he does now. It's like, well, he's not really a coach, so I guess we'll just focus on all this stupid shit. It's kind of like um, <laughs> uh, Jogi Lowe. I don't know. Again, another thing I can't pronounce. They, the <laughs> manager for Germany for all these years, always had the yeah, cardigan. The and the, yeah, yeah. And he, like he was. It was like all about his style and how his style was different, and like the cardigan somehow. Yeah, but he won a World his, Cup. I mean, yeah, but it was like, what? What is he Greg about from like a soccer perspective? I have no idea. It's, He's just about his cardigan. It's smoke and mirrors, man. Smoke and mirrors. We all know yeah. that Greg's a fraud. We all know that Greg's a fraud. So they're just Here's trying a, to distract. The, who also? Who? Who? Who runs that that account? Because they were also tweeting. Palmer asking the tough uh, questions. Videos. <laughs> they were also it's tweeting like videos. A twenty-year-old intern. During training. That's who. They were tweeting videos of Greg during training, oh, like yeah, yeah. hitting volleys and like dribbling oh, guys. That was it's a nice like, volley, though. It was a it was a great volley. volley <laughs> but like it. how many times? I mean, how many, how many takes, takes though? How many takes? How many takes? I don't Come care. On. I don't care. That wasn't. I, listen, how old we is give he? you a hundred takes. We're not, we're not. No, my hamstring is off on the third take. Like uh, that's just it. Colin, you, you don't think they have video editors? You don't think they have video editors? Come on, dog. It's like those. It was like the all. Greg wasn't even there that day. Okay. That wasn't great. Open your third eye, Colin. Open your third eye. It's not real. Come on, sheeple. I would I would love a Twitter account that hyped up Greg's shoes. It just should not be the official Twitter account of US soccer. That's sure. I agree. Like if there if we did that, it would be funny and I would hope that people yeah, would have that and pay Greg's attention. Shoes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's just, just like the fact it's the newborn yeah. Matt Beasley. I'm telling you, it's because exactly. it's just it it's just to distract from the fact that he has absolutely no clue what he's doing. He can pick a good pair of shoes. That's great, and sometimes he can hit a good volley. 
after a hey, thousand takes. There it is. There it is. So here we are. We're roughly winning our home games, drawing our away games. We are on track. This is basically what we have to do to qualify. Uh, Mike, how do you feel about where we stand today with, uh, I will remind you, at Mexico, hosting Panama, at Costa Rica in the next window? So I think my stock answer has been like 80 to 85% sure we're going to qualify. And I would say after this uh, window, I would say it's down to like 75 to 80%. Despite Dan's sharing some nice uh, data and numbers that really show like, hey, in all likelihood, we will probably be fine. Um, We definitely need to beat Panama at home. Uh, And remember that we can't score goals and Panama likes to bunker in. Um, So not feeling great about that. And Costa Rica. The facts show that Panama has has allowed the third most goals out of the eight teams. Your facts, your facts yeah. are too much for this podcast, Colin. Yeah, I don't understand what that has to do with <laughs> us being able to score. When we I can't apologize for my facts. <laughs> um, so, so that's that's not good. Uh, I'm nervous about that game, and uh, we have to go to Costa Rica on the last day, where I don't think we've ever won uh, a qualifier, and they very well could be in a situation where if they beat us, they are in to the World Cup or into a. a a playoff spot. So um, this is setting up to be very squeaky, and I'm very nervous, and I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I agree. Palmer, more or less confident than uh, three games ago? I think that I was at some point 98%, and I agree. My stock is a little bit down. Um, I'm a little less confident, but I'm gonna, I'll stick at like 92%. That we will we will qualify. Those are hard games. Mexico, Panama, and Costa Rica. Uh, those are tough games. Those, yeah. I don't. I don't. We have. We've only performed well in in those big games against Mexico. But when we've needed points, we have not looked great. The Canada game did not look good. Um. So the, yeah, not not feeling super confident. But we'll still qualify. Colin, up or down? I mean, you got to be down on our chances. Uh, am I as down as Mike? Yes. Yes, I'm as down as Mike. <laughs> Come down uh, here. Come down here and hang with me. It's bad. It's bad. I mean, it's just that, that there's too much riding on one game, the Panama game specifically. Um, anything can happen in one game. It's CONCACAF refs. Like, you know, anything can happen that's that can turn into a coin flip too easily. Um, and so, yeah, to be where we were, where Palmer was saying 98 percent and we were the rest of us maybe saying 90, 95, whatever. We are definitely way below that now. And I honestly, I think it's actually. Um, yeah, we didn't get a result in, in Canada. That was that was poor. Like we sh- maybe should have gotten a draw there. Uh, but a lot of it comes down to things that are out of our control. Like a, a lot of these other games have been wins by the team we were hoping not to win. And quite frankly, in the mess that is the teams we play, Mexico, Panama, Costa Rica, who are kind of battling for these last spots, um, draws will help us a lot, right? Because they give away a point each, two points total, rather than three points. And this, these games just haven't been ending in draws. Teams have gotten the yeah. win. And so... Um, you know, just a couple of draws there, which isn't like asking so much would have been very helpful when it's going to get into squeaky bump time and every, every single point absolutely matters. So, yeah, uh, that's just kind of how the cookie crumbles though. Got to get the I, win. I just feel like, I mean, we, we kind of talked about Canada last week cause the game was last week, but like that game to me was discouraging, not just because we lost, but because it felt like they, from a like mentality standpoint, I know sort of reading into mentality is difficult, but it just felt like they came out with a mentality of we're going to boss this game and win. And we reacted with we just kind of got sucked into the concacaf of that game. And Canada is like the least concacaf of all opponents. So it just makes me worried that we've got these three vital games in very difficult situations. Do I feel confident that if we need a point in Costa Rica uh, in a really hard place that we're going to like – not get sucked into some stupid bullshit and then, you know, 
lose on a CONCACAF goal? No, I think that's exactly what's going to happen. So Exactly, yeah. I So uh, I think it was Vincent's email at, asked the question about, you know, why against Canada do we not see the grit of the U.S., but against Honduras we see the grit. And I would say to Vincent, I don't think that we saw grit in yeah. either of those games. I don't know if this team necessarily has grit. We've seen it, like the Gold Cup final, uh, maybe the, the CONCACAF Nations League or whatever that was. Um, We've seen it when we I play get. Mexico exclusively. Yeah, exactly. That's the only time that we see the grit. But, but that because, that's because I feel like we walk into those games thinking that we're the underdog in those games and we have to kind of assert ourselves. And, you know, in the other games, we're not necessarily or we don't see ourselves as the underdog. And so that grit that I think Vincent is, is referring to is I just don't we didn't see it in either of those games. Um, and, and I, f- I feel and that's like that's kind of what we're going to have to need to, to win in Costa Rica and, you know, to get a result against Panama. And, you know, the Mexico game is Azteca, you know, that anything could happen there. Um, but I just, I don't know. It, haven't seen it yet. So. I, and I feel like if you look back at U.S. teams from, you know, a few cycles ago, they felt like they had grittier players and this team doesn't. And so I don't think it's like, yeah. it's I don't like think Weston it's like McKinney we can just. Exclusively. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like even Adams, Adams is like a great player, but I don't, I don't know. It just feels like there's just a different different mentality between some of these guys on the team compared to, you know, uh, Jermaine Jones or a Donovan or a Dempsey or a Onyewu. McBride. Yeah, where it's just like you just felt like Mathis. those guys just wanted yeah. to go in there and start right. smacking people around. And yeah. th- these guys want to be a little bit more finesse. Yeah. Those guys get an early foul. Those guys get early foul. <laughs> They're fouling before the game even starts. <laughs> I would say I, I also think that the the mentality this is like maybe a maturing process for just like this uh, applies beyond like this team, but just like sports in general or something. Like you see good results from teams that aren't expected to, and especially young teams that aren't expected to, because it's that kind of like, who cares? Go for broke. Like, let's make our name, but if there's no pressure, kind of, if you lose, you're expected to lose, so whatever. It's your first time here, you don't know any better, whatever, kind of thing. Um, and then the other is, like, you see success out of, like, the grizzled veterans who've been through the, you know, been through it all, and they know they feel the pressure, they know the pressure, and they can handle the pressure, and they're comfortable with the pressure because they've been through it a bunch of times. This team, I think, is starting to be a little bit in between. Like, the Mexico games, maybe you could say, yeah, just take your best shot, like go for it. You know, people don't expect us to beat Mexico because we're young and they're Mexico and they have the success. But then <laughs> people do expect you to beat Canada um, because right. the U.S. has always beaten Canada. And this is a big game in the qualifiers against Canada. And that's kind of where we suck. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that's kind of like the lack of, I don't know, the grizzled veterans and Brian McBrides of the world or whatever who are going to be able to to handle that pressure or whatever. I feel like all those old guys, speaking of fouls before the games, when they're doing like the pregame like handshakes and whatever, they're they're doing the the real like power trip handshake, like extra strong grip. <laughs> Look you right in the eye. Knuckle breakers. Yeah. Yeah. These guys are doing That's the soft it. politician handshake of like, I don't want to hurt anybody. Harder uh, handshakes is is the motto of this podcast. <laughs> Here's the thing I'm worried about this window. It's that we play Mexico, Panama, Costa Rica. All of those teams will have things to play for when we play them. Like yep. it's that's not that will happen. Costa Rica will with a result and other things going their way. There will be something for Costa Rica to play for in that final game. Uh, none of the other teams in and around us are playing three games that all matter to their opponents. You know, yeah. uh, Costa Rica gets El Salvador, Panama. Uh, Canada's already in, Honduras is already out. So there are, you just don't know. You just can't predict how those games are going to go. And that's the part that really scares me. Yep. And, and the temperature is likely to be above zero. So. <laughs> also that, <laughs> scared, it just terrifies me. Uh, so I think 
in my rational brain, I still think we're good, like, you know, 80, 85%, whatever, where we, as high as you could really put yourself without being mathematically in. But my emotional brain is at like two thirds, like 66. Wait. I feel like. I just realized, are, are, we, are these numbers we're giving, do they include us qualifying via the fourth place? Oh, Colin. Not if for we, me. If we have to play in that fourth place game. Yeah, I've got a heart attack by that dog. point, so it doesn't matter. All right. <laughs> yeah, I think Ryan's actually right. There's no way. If we can't qualify through CONCACAF, we're going to go play like a neutral site game and win. I don't know. New Zealand, guys. New Zealand. They're not any good. Neither no. are we. Well. <laughs> yeah, like, maybe we can win the penalties. I don't know. <laughs> there it is. Uh, all right, guys. I think that's got to be it. Excellent podcast. Amazing to have four four guys here. Just uh, great. Glad we could work it out. Beautiful. Great stuff. Thanks, Cliff. Thanks, I hope Cliff. you feel better. I hope you take a nap. <laughs> Hope you feel better. Hope you take a nap. 20% of the internet that we were paying for. Oh, wow. Suboptimal. Hope you feel better. Hope you take a nap.